0: And I'm, in the Jesus stories genre, this is one thing. For a lot of you out there, you've heard this once. For most of you, you've never heard it. Many in the room have heard it four or five times. So at least try to look interested, would you? That's all I can ask from you. This is John 8, and it's, it's considered one of the favorite stories of Jesus in Scripture. And yet, it's a very odd and unique story in that it was not in the original book of John. That's why when you look at John chapter eight, verses one through 11, it'll usually be in italics. or it'll be somehow set off textually from the rest of the page. This should not disturb you. The Christians who knew Jesus and who were inspired by by God and who collected the stories were not just four men. Others helped and shaped and built as you go through. And as John himself said, he told stories that the other three hadn't told. That was his main purpose was to make sure that those stories did not die and as that first generation begins to die other stories are important enough to the body that they're saying this was told to us by john all the time let's make sure we remember it and so that the bible was not done at one sit-in conference with god Uh, god built it through humans and this to me is a jesus story no doubt and boy is it a jesus story I'm going to sit down here a little bit. One of the reasons is last week, as we were going back through the check-ins, I don't ever listen to myself because I've heard me, and my voice is not the one I wanted. I wanted something, you know, deep and gravelly, and I got Mickey Mouse on helium, and so I I don't do it. I just don't. But I did notice in the background as I was looking at the check-ins that I I weaved around a lot. So I'm going to sit (sighs) and try, try to keep it high energy. Uh, In John chapter 8 and verse 1, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now, at dawn, he appeared in the temple courts. This is a holy and sacred area now. He's not in the temple, but the temple courts were highly policed. Uh, There were so many things you could not do there, but also so many people who could not come in. He sat down to teach because that's the way they did. They sat down to teach. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. I want to stop already. Once you think about this poor woman. Uh, we don't know for certain that she was truly caught in adultery. However, it seems very likely. We also have to be wondering at this stage, where's the man? Because the last I heard, adultery is a team sport, not an individual. And that already signals you that adultery and sexual purity was not the issue and was not the goal of these men. Or they would have brought along somebody else as well. This woman, whether or not she is guilty, will never have a good day the rest of her life. She can't go to another town. She can't change her name. She she has no protection. Think of Mary, the mother of Jesus. All of her life, people doubted her purity and her story. All of it to the point where in the book of John, he will bring up time after time, that somebody will look at Jesus, Mary's right there, and say, well, we know who our father is. And she's standing right there. Many women would not have gone to the well with her. Many women would not have eaten with her throughout her life. We don't even know where Joseph is. Joseph disappears about the time Jesus is 12. Now, the standard teaching is that he died. He must have been much older than Mary, they say. Well, he could have died, but it's pretty sad when him dying is the best possible answer. Fact was, he was called righteous. He was called Sadiq righteous, and that's a, that's a declaration that the Jewish people make. If you remember Schindler's List, uh, he was not a righteous man. He was not even a good man, but his heart was touched by his Jewish workers. He saved hundreds of them, and so this, the state of Israel declared him Sadiq righteous. Well, Joseph was righteous, and a righteous man back then could, if later on, and he found out his wife's stories were not true, leave her and go start a different family. That's ugly and awful, but I'm trying to stress this was not ever going to go away. Like many accusations once made, they cannot be retracted, and they will never go away. It'll be a mark on you guilty or not. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. I want to stop again. The NIV has really worked hard on this translation, and you know that I have complaints sometimes with any translation, but here they worked really hard, and I think they got the gist of it really well done. Such women. She's not a person. Have you noticed that? didn't have her name. She's an issue. She is a situation. She is a testing point. She's a sermon illustration, but that's it. Such women. I want to talk to you out there that are such this or such that it may not be adultery. It may be many other things, but you know what it's, what it's like. You might be struggling uh, with obesity. You might be struggling with alcohol. You might be struggling with adultery. You might be struggling with any of this. And you know that others from the outside look in and say such people. Tomorrow's Monday morning message is on gluttony. And I had to make sure I said so many times, this is not fat shaming. Because obesity is one of the most complex physiological events. It is not overeating. It can be. But there are so many things that cause this. And yet when somebody looks at you, what do they do? Such people. Such women. I was not at this event, but years and years and years ago, there was an event where a group of ministers and churches gathered evidently. Not in my tribe, but in in a mainline Protestant tribe. Where they wanted to talk about the the issue of, of homosexuality and evidently sometime about midway through the day a young man stood up and he said my name is mark i'm not an issue i'm a person and it changed the flow of the day nobody was there to do that but there was somebody there and they did not understand what was about to happen in the law moses commanded us to stone such women now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. You see, here's the trap. You're in the temple courts. If you say, the law of Moses says you have to stone him, you stone him. They would have run outside to the Roman guards that were always handy, brought him in saying, we're not allowed to stone people. And he's trying to incite riots to stone a woman. They would But if he'd looked at them and said, we're not allowed to stone women, we don't do that they would have turned and yelled to the, to the assembled Jewish worshipers, this man puts the law of man above the law of God. You see, there's no way out of this, they think. But they've not picked on the right rabbi. This rabbi is going to give them a problem. Jesus bent down, started to write on the ground with his finger. It's the only time, only time in scripture Jesus is writing anything. And John didn't feel it important enough to tell us what he was writing. I have an argument with God about things like this quite often. I'll say I'm aware you're a busy God. Uh, there's a limited amount of time one might have. But, but to be honest, we could have done without a huge section of Second Chronicles. Ezekiel, um, Zephaniah, don't come at me. You had not been reading Zephaniah this week. There would have been ink available and time for him to, for God to say this is what he was writing. Now, the good news is that we do have early Christian testimony that almost is history. It's, it's early enough, but it could be a backstory. So we don't, we don't really know, but it, it sounds right. And we'll go for this in a minute. I'll tell you. When they kept on questioning him, they're haranguing him. He's saying Nothing. By the way, silence is always an option and it's always the road not taken. Many times I just go silent and the reason is I don't want to say what I want to say because of the effect of what it will be, but if I say nothing, maybe it'll give them a chance to realize they should be saying nothing too. Jesus gave them a chance. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, now, here's where we need to talk about Jesus, the physical Jesus. Uh, The prophecies in Isaiah about Jesus say that he will not be handsome, that there'll be nothing comely about him. We hid, as it were, our face from him. And so all those beautiful pictures you've got of Jesus don't look like Jesus. And I've seen a lot of reconstructions of a first century Jew and what Jesus would probably have looked like, and it's still a guy you wouldn't, on the street, you'd be going, you know, that's not a bad looking guy. Um, Jesus would have been muscular. He wouldn't have been handsome according to scripture. Why muscular? Well, the word that we've always translated carpenter for his daddy's job, Joseph's job, is probably a mistranslation, and we've known that now for decades, because you find more writings not more scripture, but you find more writings and you learn how they use those words. He was almost certainly a stonemason. He would have dealt with lifting stones, cutting stones, using saws, chisels, and hammers. Jesus grew up in that shop and didn't leave it till he was 30. He would have had scars, calluses. And we know some things about Jesus. We know that when he went in and cleared the temple, uh, that they have a temple guard there. It's almost like they're green berets and that's a really bad illustration but maybe more like army rangers. They're not doing any intelligence work. But these are the highly trained soldiers and their job, these Jewish uh, soldiers job is to make sure nothing happens like Jesus made happen. But not a one of them challenged him. Later on Pilate would even refer to this guard whenever they the Jews would come and say, listen, we want to make sure nobody steals the body and claims he's resurrected. And Pilate says, you have a guard. Yeah, they did. It's rather, if you're an American tourist and, oh, well, tourist from anywhere, I guess, and you've gone to London to see the changing of the guard and, and the guys don't, they look like toy soldiers, don't they? With the big bearskin hats and like, what you may not know is those are called stream guards. Those are not toy soldiers they are good and they are fast and I almost want to say I know that now but I've never tested them I've never tested them and neither should you they are fully dedicated and so if none of them approach Jesus the question has to be why I think it's because it's not worth the salary remember the first d I thought I was going to be work in prisons as a counselor whenever I was doing my criminal justice degree until they took me to a prison. <laughs> and it was down... I went to UAB down in Alabama, um, and so I was you know, quite the duck out of water already. Uh, fish out of water, whatever you want to say. And I um, walked in, and it was not what I'd expected, it was not what I'd seen on the telly. It was rather frightening. And I turned to one of the guards and I said, you don't even have a gun. And he goes, no, they take it from us. I go, that's, you might be surprised to hear this. That's not terribly reassuring at this stage that you could not retain your firearm. And I looked and they were in big dormitories. They're not in individual cells, easily controlled. And I said, what happens if I'm in the back there and there's a big fight? Do you come in and get me? They went, no. And they were honest. I said, why not? And they said, we're only paid, and they told me, and they said, it's not worth it for us to come back there and get you. And I was thinking, career change. <laughs> <clears throat> and, and made the career change that day, actually. That was the last time I went into the prison as a counselor. You know, from, now, I'll go spiritual advisor, but not, not as a counselor. Jesus stood up, and you can see people backing away. Do you remember what happened when he walked down in the dark and met the mob? He said, who are you looking for? I mean, that was a brave thing right there. They said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, that's me. Do you remember what happened just next? The scripture says they fell down trying to get away from him. They were expecting a preacher because you can take a preacher. This guy, he's big. He's very big. Uh, My Ollie, my six-year-old, has a soccer coach that was, was he a football player? Yeah. And he looks like a football player. Huge, muscular man, I, first of all, incredibly patient. This is the Attention Deficit Disorder League, and, he, and he, he just is amazing with him. And Josh, my son-in-law, said that he was talking to Lucas, said, what you thinking about? And Lucas said, I was just thinking if I was a football player or a quarterback and he was coming at me, what I'd do? And I said, that's easy, die die or hand him the football that's all those are your two options really son Jesus stands up no wonder the questioning stops he goes let any one of you who's without sin be first to throw a stone at her and again he stooped down and started to write the early stories we have is that he was writing the sins of the men standing there now not specific as in Bob did this, but rather behind the market stall last Tuesday at noon. Fixing the scales before market day. You know, doing little things like that. That was enough to have um, an effect upon the crowd. Now, you need to know that I get mainly positive emails. I really do. The vast majority, highly positive. you get those, however, that want the church to be fixed, and they've got ideas. And these come from left and right, and they usually are politically linked. Left and right, I get these. That the church this, and a church should do this, and a church should do that. I, I never really help these individuals because they're not interested in their sins. They're not interested in anything they can correct. They want others to correct others. Recently, I got an email and this is not unusual. In fact, I got a couple of them this week. Found that I responded to one and found out, oh no, I'm sorry, I wrote that wrong. That's not what I meant. The other guy, yeah, that's what I meant. And he was saying, you know, your church is all lovey this and all Jesus that and all that. Why don't you talk about sin? So I responded. I said, you make a good point. If you will send me a list of your sins, I will mention them Sunday. I don't believe that was unfair. I believe that was the right response. Was it kind? I think so. Was it harsh? Yes. Sometimes those two do go together. But the reason this gentleman wants me to pound on sins has everything to do with him, me pounding on people, not him. No, Jesus himself said, you, you work on getting all your sins out before you start picking at others. And I must assume that you, like me, are still in the process of removing our own sins. So Jesus didn't answer the way I did because it wasn't set up for him like that. It was adultery. It wasn't just sins. So he writes, at this, the writing, those who heard began to go away one at a time. Just <laughs> easing out the room. Just kind of, Oh, look, there's an interesting rock, you know, and they, the older ones first. Okay, we don't have a teen program here, although we do have children and we have a ton of teens that are watching. So I wanna talk specifically to the teens, because right now your world is a mess and and my generation and old generations made it that way. And I apologize, I really do. I wish we were leaving you a better world than we are. Breaks my heart What we are handing to you. And then on top of that, you've got raging hormones. You're basically hormones with legs at this stage. And they're not just driving your sexuality, they're also driving your identity. Because everybody wants to be something, and they want to be something special. Tragically, most people don't realize that they already are in the sight of Jesus, and that's all we need. But still, you, um, you're trying to find out who you are, and pick a job, and pick a school, and pick a motive of, of dating, and pick a person, and all of it, it's really rough. And I hate to bring you more bad news, but I'm gonna bring you some bad news which might actually turn out to be better news than you thought. It doesn't get better. Oh, the hormones will ease, because the, the glands will just give up. <laughs> The, uh, uh, you will age, you will, um, but that doesn't mean you're gonna be better because old people still have the temptations. They're not all the same temptations, but we still have them. And some of the temptations you have, we still have too. We just don't have the energy to follow up. (laughs) It's just like an old dog on a porch. He still wants to chase cars. And every now and then, he'll raise his head and go, (laughs) woof. Just to let the car know, I'm still in the game. And I'm saying all that to say this to you. The devil is going to continually beat you up because you're not holy yet. Jesus says, he's got you. So when the devil reminds you of your past or your present issues, remind him of his future that he will burn and you will not because Jesus died for you, period. And anybody in the street that looks at you funny because you don't look the way they think you should look, that you don't talk the way you, they think you should talk, remind them, or at least yourself in your head, all they are is a warped mirror. What they reflect back is not reality. It's what Jesus says. That's what matters, and just hang on to the good news here but that's why the older people left first <laughs> because we've had a longer time to accrue a bad record young people can be fierce with righteous indignation and it takes a while for them after a while to go oh maybe I better not be throwing a rock till only Jesus was left with the woman standing, still standing there where would she go where would she go Jesus straightened up, he stood to speak to her. He did not do, and by the way, that was incredibly unusual in this century. For a rabbi, a man with some standing and and followers to stand to speak to a woman? No, they sat, many of them rather arrogantly, but not Jesus, because his mother had been that woman once and still was many times. In fact, if you read through the Bible, read through those Gospels, it's kind of the story of Jesus saving women, everybody else hated. That's a preview, by the way. In two weeks, we're going to tell another story, not out of John, but out of Luke. There are going to be a lot of similarities in the story, but in two weeks, I want you to live with this one. In two weeks, we're going to tell another story, and there's something missing in that story. And if you can find what is missing in that story, it will change your life forever. But that's in two weeks. Those of you in Texarkana already heard it because I did a Bible class and a sermon back by back, back to back, in succession. Are you allowed to say succession? No, that's succession in the the South, you can't say. Succession, okay. English is a funny language and they don't speak it here. So I, I have to practice. I have to practice when I'm home. He straightened up and said, Woman. Now, this isn't a woman. And here I wish the NIV had done the flavor of the term. It's more like ma'am. Ma'am. Where are they? Now, does Jesus know where they are? Good odds he does. But why would he do it this way? Oh, it's kind of important. Do you remember when Adam and Eve sinned and God walks in the garden and goes, where are you? He wants you to understand your position. What they are as they are estranged from God, Adam and Eve. Woman, where are these men? They're not here. That's right. The ones who brought you here to shame and destroy you couldn't stay here and they're gone he says has no one condemned you no one sir she said then neither do i condemn you jesus declared go now leave your life of sin now the older versions uh, said go now and repent or something like that but i think this is a pretty good translation but did you notice the order here that's a good news for all the teens i told you there would be good news coming and this is good news for us too. Because I, I, what I really want to stress is we're all in the same boat. It's just that we're, we're in different places in the boat. We're all in the same situation. We're all sinners. We're all broken. We've all done stupid things. And we're not done doing them. But Jesus didn't say, leave your life of sin. Quit doing this. And you'll be forgiven. He didn't do that. Look. Look. Before, in spite of, she had not done any changing. He said, I don't condemn you, but stop. And there wasn't a, but stop or I will condemn you. No, it's calling you to a better place in your life. Evidently, she had the option to quit. Some slaves do not, but she had the option. So he told her, Get better, but I don't condemn you. Isn't it easier to get better when somebody doesn't condemn you? I remember the sweet elder, Dale Starr, who taught me golf because he felt that my life was too pleasant and full of joy. (laughs) That it needed to face hardship, danger, loss. What a wonderful fellow. Dale would show me how to hold the club. Then he'd show me how to swing. When I didn't do it right, which is all the time, he didn't say, you didn't do it right. He'd encourage, never criticized anything. And I got to where I was pretty good, as far as you know. (laughs) But I would have given it up had every time I swung the club, he said, no, your wrist was... No, with your feet. Now, you really, I would have given up. Even if he said, listen, I don't condemn you. I want you to play right. I'm just going to stand here and tell you how you're doing it wrong, but we're still friends. That would not work. Jesus isn't hovering over you, ready to whack you with a big black book that dropped from heaven. No, he says, I don't condemn you either. And that's the message today. Because he said so. I'm saved. You're saved. So, now that we're saved, that sounds such like easy grace there. We we still want you to turn toward him and walk with him. We want you to devote yourself so much to him that you're buried with him in baptism. By the way, all October's messages on Monday morning messages are on hell. You might want to look into that. The story there may be better than you think. I don't do posts on... on, on hell to scare anybody I don't think we need to be afraid of it but you'll have to wait for the Mondays for that by the way why are you waiting two weeks because next week Jorgensen Jorgensen's going to be here to do our women's event Marat's a great bible teacher so I just texted her and I said listen I'm going to be in Washington state I can do uh, because we often do we're all tape something and it's shown here but why don't you preach and she said sure so that what a treat What a treat. And that'll be the first time a woman is preached here, but it will not be the last if I have anything to to say about it. And I think I do. We want to hear the voices of God's people because we don't walk around condemning. We walk around listening, believing, knowing we are saved. So we try to get better. That's the Jesus story. Why don't we bring Craig and Misha back up and do an old hymn that actually reinforces this whole concept of uh, people. It's all right. We are saved and I'm saved too. I'm just now looking for the hymn. There it is. is, um, It's a song which I've loved all my life. It's called Blessed Assurance. I'm switching off this one. All right, I'll let you stand with me. And by the way, before we sing this, two of my dear friends from Arkansas are here. I'm so glad you guys are here. And Joe is quite the musician, and so I really want him to come here sometime and play because we need to hear hear him play. And as you can see, Joe, we need to help. So we we would love it. And I'm so glad they're here because now they know Miss Cammie's real because I talk about her everywhere. she She is real. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. I'm sorry to interrupt on you there, Michelle.